You know what, man? And I've been very fortunate to be a part of championship teams, and this one's one of them. This is a championship team. He said, you know what rings? My favorite one, my favorite ring is the next one. You're listening to Beck QL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from Beck QL. Got BetQL Daily with you on this Wednesday, the day before the start of the NFL season. Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, Aaron Hawksworth here. Let's bring in Will Brinson. He is always terrific when he drops by at Will Brinson on Twitter. Find his work, cbsports.com, cbsports.com. Also has the Pick 6 podcast, so uh, he won't be sealing his family for like the next half year or whatever. How you doing, Will? What's up, guys? Yeah, last <laughs> night, Joe, I went uh I went down. I said, oh, "No, no, I guess it's tomorrow night." You go down. You say, "Listen, it's been a uh, it's been a fun summer. Can't wait to see you guys in February. Have a, uh, have, a have a good have a good stretch around here." Uh, in the meantime, leave me alone. I've got to get my last minute season bets in before we start kicking things off uh, tomorrow. Let, let's start with tomorrow's game before we uh, go over some of the season stuff that you like with futures. Uh, win totals, awards, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Thursday night football, this line keeps creeping up. At last check, uh, we're up to eight. Haven't heard many compelling cases to back the Dallas Cowboys. What are your thoughts on this matchup? I mean, I think Tampa rolls them. And, you know, the the biggest concern, you know, I mean, I, I, I just think, I mean, I think Tampa rolls them regardless of whether Zach Martin plays or not. But Zach Martin being out, should be a big, big concern for the Cowboys. Uh, not only are we talking about either the second or third most important player to that roster, but you're talking about an interior, an all pro, like a 15, 20-time all-pro offensive lineman. I'm using hyperbole there, obviously. But uh, one of the best interior offensive linemen on the planet, and he's going to be going up against a fully healthy Vita Vea, or well, he won't be going up against a fully healthy Vita Vea, and, of course, Ndamukong Sue. I mean, that front seven for the – for the Bucks is nasty, and, and that does not bode well for a Dak Prescott coming off an injury. I, I just think we see, I just think we see this Buccaneers team coming off a Super Bowl win, you know, at home with a with a full crowd. Florida, you know, ain't no restrictions down there. Uh, get loose. No. You're going to see Tom Brady chuck it deep a couple of times at Mike Evans. Um, you know, this is a, a team that wants to show that stretch run last year was no fluke. Uh, I also like the over too, just because you know, and that's creeping up as well. But you know, because Dallas will be able to get some points. We saw them last year, first four weeks, offense looked like crap, but they were still lobbing up points and yards because they were chasing, uh, chasing down a team with a big lead, including you know, but the Browns, the Falcons, et cetera. Well, big picture NFC, the the favorite coming to the year, the defending champion, Tampa Bay Bucks. We all like them tomorrow night. It's going to be another good year as long as Tom Brady is upright. But, Will, if not Tampa, then who? Who do you like in the NFC if Tampa Bay is not to repeat, not to get back to the Super Bowl? Who would be your pick to come out of the NFC? I'm, I'm actually taking the 49ers to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, they're, my, they're, my, they're my pick. Uh, I think it's up on, yeah, it's up on CBSSports.com. And um, although I guess I'll, I'll probably write about it more in my, in my weekly picks column tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think San Francisco, if you look at them, Last year, 
I believe it was a football outsiders had like 170 or 165 adjusted you know, in terms of games lost for starters, their adjusted games lost metric. And that was the most in the NFL by 30 games. Uh, Tampa, by the way, I think number one in terms of games lost, the lowest. And most of those injuries for San Francisco came in back-to-back matchups against the Jets and Giants at MetLife Stadium where the turf monster got George Kittle, it got Nick Bosa, it got Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you know, so I think you can sort of chalk that up to fairly flukish injuries and things that might regress to the mean for San Francisco. The, the one year that Kyle Shanahan has had a, fully he- a, qu- a quarterback healthy for 16 games, uh, he went to the Super Bowl, right? And I know people knock his record in those other years, but there's a reason why he went out and got Trey Lance and didn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo. He wants to have that parachute option. He wants to have break glass in case of emergency. And and now I think he feels like Trey Lance is ready enough where he can, he's going to use them both if Trey Lance is, is healthy with that chip on his finger. They've got, they draft Trey Sermon, who I like for offensive rookie of the year at 30 to one. He, you know, this is a one cut zone offense or zone running scheme guy out of Ohio State who's going to mesh perfectly with Shanahan. They bring in Alex Mack. At, you know, if you look, if you look at Alex Mack, he's, he's the quintessential premier Kyle Shanahan center. Back in 2014, he was with the Browns. They were in first place in the AFC North with Brian friggin' Hoyer as their quarterback. Alex Mack goes down with a broken leg. They collapse. Fast forward, Atlanta, Alex Mack there, Matt Ryan MVP. They get to the Super Bowl, should have won it, as everyone knows. And now he's with San Francisco. He knows the offense really well. It's going to help Jimmy G. It's going to help uh, Trey Lance. Brandon Ayuk, Kittle, Debo Samuel, they're loaded there. And then defensively, I think they bounce back in a big way. They're actually top five uh, according to you know, advanced metrics on defensively last year. So people thought they were kind of down, but they could end up having a really nice year, especially if Bosa's healthy. Uh, Will, is Niners-Rams getting both of those inside of a field goal? Is it the most public, but just who cares? Lock it up. Totals in the mid-40s. You got to go with San Francisco-LA Rams teaser here. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's like there, there's there's one of these games, whether it's Buffalo, KC, um, Tampa, Rams, or 49ers, One of those games is going to screw up a ton of uh, a ton of teasers this week or money line parlays. And I, I can't decide which one it is. I think Buffalo is like a sneaky good option, but I agree. I like I like Rams and, and 49ers. I mean, I don't want to crap on your Bears, Joe, but you know, I mean, you can, gone. man. Believe me, Aaron they have the worst general manager you know, in football. Here? <laughs> yeah, and he's going to get an yeah. extension if Justin Fields looks good. It's a shame. Yes, you're correct. Will Brinson with us here talking some NFL. We head towards week one tomorrow night, Cowboys and Buccaneers. Will, you mentioned the Niners as your pick in the NFC. Uh, AFC, are you, are you chalk with the Chiefs? What's your thought, big picture AFC, heading into the season? You know what's funny is uh, it, on our picks post, for, you know where they, they got all the writers to send in their, their Super Bowl picks and post them on CBS. Mm-hmm. Um, there were actually four or five people who picked the Bills, and only like two who picked the Chiefs. It's pretty crazy. I, I think you can make a compelling case for either one of them. The Bills over, I got it 10.5 uh, earlier this offseason. It was like 10.5 minus 140. It's a little, you know, substantial juice, but I, I don't care. I mean, I think, I think that team's – the other thing, too, about these win totals, you know, 11 is a lot in our minds. But with a 17-game yeah. season, 11-6 and six is not that good of a year. Like, that's quietly an okay year. And so I tend to think that, you know, there, there's some value uh, in, in that regard. It, it, you know, if you're looking at 
you're looking at win totals and maybe trying to trying to land, uh, you know, like trying to land some value from from that perspective. Um, but yeah, I, I think Buffalo is a very good pick. Uh, could potentially upset the apple cart in, in the AFC. Certainly, Baltimore could be in play. I think if the Browns wore a different jersey, then you know, I would be interested in them as well. And, and I think people are sleeping on the Patriots too. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a team that um, you know low, has a great offensive line, deep, talented. They also have multiple running backs who can, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, James White, uh, Damian Harris. They can do what Bill Belichick wants to do, which is turn this team into. 2001 to 2004 New England where they pound the ball, play great defense. They're getting a ton of dudes back from COVID opt-outs and then let this, you know, young Tom Brady-like quarterback, right, and Mac Jones be cl- manage the game, you know, run up tempo if he needs to, be clutch on third down to be clutch late in the game. So I, I think, you know, there are some intriguing second-tier AFC teams. But, yeah, I mean, it goes through KC and, and Buffalo is, is sort of playing the role of the, the 90s Bulls trying to deal with the Pistons. Any other win totals uh, worth mentioning that you're in on, or or maybe even uh, maybe something's changed recently too? Because I know we don't want to overreact to the preseason, but you were talking about the Bears a few minutes ago. Like they're one of the teams where every storyline seems to be negative as we get closer and closer. Yeah, right. If when you're when it's uh, when it's you know, May through July, it's all it's all sunshine and rainbows. You know, everybody's everybody's optimistic about about what the future holds, and then all of a sudden you get to September and you're like, oh, God, look at this Bears offensive line. What are they doing? Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know that I want to – I don't know I, – I don't know that I necessarily want to take the Bears. I, I think Bears under, Raiders under, I mean, those feel like almost too uh, cliche, but they're very on brand for me, so I would be interested in both of those. You know, yeah. the, everybody's on the Lions under and the Texans under. Those are too low for me, especially with 17 games. I like the Washington over. Uh, to me, Washington has a very good roster, and they were dead last in offensive DVOA last year, had the two, literally the two worst quarterbacks by DYAR. And so if Ryan Fitzpatrick is just average, like all he has to be is average, uh, and Terry, I think Terry McLaurin can have a monster year as well. I like his over props for the, for the season um, and, and drafting him all over the place. I, you know, if, if Fitzpatrick can make that offense average, then Washington should be a, a 10-win team, in my opinion. So I'm, I like their over eight and a half. I think the Saints actually have some value. I'm sort of buying into the Jameis Winston. I can't imagine this will end poorly for me. Um, sort of buying into the Jameis Winston uh, you know, resurgence, although I, I do think Tampa <laughs> Bay is going to win that division. Will, one team that we talk about every single summer heading into every single season is, is the Los Angeles Chargers. We're always hoping, thinking this is going to be the year they put it together, and then some sort of crazy swarm of events happens, and they lose a bunch of football games. New coach, Herbert now in year two, and I like the coach. Nick Staley was a really good hire by them. It feels like this could be a year they put it back together, they make the playoffs. Are you buying in to the Chargers as a playoff team? Yeah. Uh, I actually have the Chargers as a wild card team. I think I was between the Chargers and the Broncos, maybe for my life. I sent them in there like a little bit, like 30 minutes ago. I think I was between the Chargers and the Broncos for the for that final playoff spot. I think Denver could be good. Um, I'm, a, you know, I'm a little worried that you know Mina Kimes had to go write some story on Justin Herbert and, and give him the Baker Mayfield Odell Beckham uh, GQ ESPN the Mag curse. But I still think that the Chargers, if the Chargers are healthy, and that's the thing, I, I think. 
So w- one interesting thing, you know, we talk about those adjusted games lost. Typically speaking, that regresses to the mean. Like you always see, you know, a team has a ton of injury luck, and then, you know, the next year they deal with a, a bunch of injury bad luck, right? I mean, it, it just sort of it kind of ebbs and flows. The two teams that it hasn't really gone back and forth with over the last few years are Washington and the Chargers. Now, Washington is mm-hmm. interesting because when Ron Rivera came in, he changed up the medical staff and the training staff. Like, he brought in his own guys from Carolina, and you saw they were a lot healthier last year. The Chargers have just not been healthy, and I, I do wonder if there's something to do with the staff out there, and I don't want to impugn somebody's medical, you know, medical, you know, somebody in the medical profession, but I do think that if you keep, you know, like if something keeps happening and you don't ever see a, a, an ever a flow of the injury luck, you have to wonder, is it something internal instead of just random, et cetera? So that's my one concern, because if you lose Derwin James or more, maybe more importantly, if you lose Joey Bosa, you start to look at their pass rush depth. It's just not there. I mean, if, if Bosa's out for any length of time, they're going to struggle to rush the passer. So I have concerns there, but, and Justin Herbert's probably going to regress a little bit, but I, I do like the Chargers, and yeah. I, I I can't stop myself from talking talking myself into them again for the fifty. Yeah, I, I know it's a yearly ritual, but I can't help it either. I love their off season. They built up that offensive line around their franchise quarterback, but what you threw out there—the regression—I mean, such such an upgrade at the head coaching position. But you do have year two quarterback, and now his second offense. And his numbers were just off the charts under pressure. Not sure that's repeatable. Yeah, I mean, he basically, I mean, he, you know, Justin Herbert basically had the greatest rookie season by a quarterback in NFL history last year. So the problem a lot of times when we look at, you know, players in the NFL or teams in the NFL, you know, like a team goes from five wins to seven wins. And, and people say, oh, well, next up is nine wins. That's not how it works, right? I mean, you know, you know Justin Herbert doesn't get to throw for 4,500 yards and 25 touchdowns. And then, well, I guess next stop is 5,500. No, I mean, he's, it's, it's going to be more difficult. He's going to have a you – know, and, and let's not simple on the fact he's dealing with a new head coach and a new offense. I mean, this is – for all the faults that Anthony Lynn has, and there are many, uh, give him credit because he – and, and it took, you know, it was an accident, right? It, it required Tyrod Taylor being, again, the medical staff, being stabbed in the kidney with, a, with so like, Toradol or something. Uh, and, and, but yet, like, that, that, that's what it took to get Justin Herbert under center. They accidentally stumbled in through the greatest rookie season by a quarterback in NFL history. And yet, you know, you've got to give him credit for getting it out of him. And that system that Anthony Lynn runs, it really does – you know, you think about how Tyrod Taylor and how these mobile quarterbacks work – you know, it does cater to Justin Herbert's skill set. So I think there is definitely a chance that Herbert is very good in 2021, but also takes a, a significant step back from a statistical perspective. Well, Brinson, CBSSports.com, check out the Pick 6 pod comes in handy all football season long. Thank you, Will. Best of luck with all your wagers. All right, boys. See ya. Good stuff there from Will Brinson. How about it, Aaron? Saints, Jameis Resurgence. I mean, you would have thought I paid him to say that. He laid it out (laughs) just like I did, and you guys laughed at me, but we'll see. (laughs) We will will see. Unbelievable. You've been talking about that for a couple weeks, and there it is. And I was like, your guy Willow, he said the same thing. We're going to line them up next, get you ready for week two in college football. Joe Ojo, G, Aaron H. Keep it locked at BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.